guys. Thanks for listening to Library Overload. This is Susie. And this is Tavia. Just to let you know, we've got both a blog and an Instagram account. Our blog covers all the books that we talk about in every episode. We have that posted every Tuesday, just right along with every episode. And then we've got an Instagram account. It's Library Overload. And then our blog is libraryoverload.home.blog. today's episode we are getting into vacation mode hey i'm ready even though i'm not going anywhere for a while (laughs) but i am uh we're talking about beach reads today or uh pool reads summer reads books that we want to read on vacation that sort of thing oh yeah i'm excited i did some good digging for this yeah i'm excited i've got a couple that i that are coming out soon and then I've got a couple that I've read before. Mm-hmm. So I'm all pumped. of mine I, I um, investigated and they're either like new releases or books that I've been wanting to read or that would be good to read for the beach. So very excited about it. The first one on my list is Angry Housewives Eating Bonbons. Oh my God. And that's by Lorna Landvik. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm excited. I think this one sounds really cool. Um, is this fiction? It is fiction, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a group of friends who form a book club that then kind of becomes a lifeline for them all. Okay. And the story spans 40 years. Oh, wow. And it covers this group of friends and all of their trials and tribulations over the 40 years. So there's basically, there's five different friends and they each have something like, you know, going on. Like So Faith is a, a lonely mother of twins. Audrey's the resident sex queen. <laughs> Merritt is the shy doctor's wife. Kari is the wise woman who has faced hardships, and Slip isn't afraid to look trouble in the eye. Mm. So the story is about their their trials and tribulations over the course of their 40-year friendship, and their na- the name of their book club, they named it Angry Housewives Eating Bonbons. So that's <laughs> where that comes in. And, it, you know, basically it, it becomes a saving grace for them all through mm. the hardships in their life. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm is, excited about it. That sounds really interesting. Is that already out? It is. Yeah, okay. this one actually came out in 2014. Oh, okay. So, but it just sounded so much fun. And the front cover is a like a 1950s looking mm. pool with ladies floating in it. So it pulled it pulled yeah. right at you. Right. Okay. I was like, oh, I want to be there. I want to be with these ladies. They sound like they're having fun. That's cool. Yep. Okay. First one I have not read yet. It's not out. It comes on. It comes out on May 28th. It's called The Flat Share, and this one is kind of like your quintessential rom-com, chiclet, super easy reading, so you're not super mad if you have to put it down and go and play in the water for a while. Would you be super mad to play in the water? It depends. I don't get in water if I can't see the bottom. Like, if I'm going to get in the ocean, I need Mm -hmm. it to be, like, crystal clear. I want to see the shark come at me. (laughs) I don't want a surprise attack. All right. So, do you think it's better for you to be able to see the shark coming at you? Yes, I would rather know what's coming. Yeah, maybe I can punch him in the nose. I watch Shark Week and you punch him in the nose. I will bet you $1 million <laughs> you will not punch a shark in the nose if it ever came near you. $1 million. If it, if it was coming straight at me, I absolutely would punch it in the nose. No, you would have a heart attack and die before you would punch a shark in the nose. You would have a heart attack and die. Well, we're not debating me. I'll punch you in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, 
The Flat Share. This is by Beth O'Leary. comes out May 28th. This one is about Leon and Tiffy. This is a uh, British. Oh, so I do love the names in the British world. I, I love British chiclet. Mm-hmm. Like, I love it so much better. That's than, interesting. I know. I think it's because they're more sarcastic and, mm-hmm. like, the wit is different. I think different. we talked about that before. Yeah, we yeah. probably did. Leon has a one-bedroom flat, and he is really needing money. Tiffy has nowhere to live and very little money. So... They strike a deal. Isn't this one of your like little tropes that you like where there's like one room left or whatever? Could you just give me a minute? (laughs) Could could you let me finish? (laughs) So they strike a deal. Leon works nights. Tiffy works during the day. They technically share a bed, but not really. So Tiffy always sleeps on the right at night when he's at work. Leon sleeps on the left during the day when Tiffy's at at work so they never really see each other but things happen <laughs> i think it sounds super cute it, it does i think cute. it sounds like an old school really good rom-com mm-hmm. like the good the good ones when they were like like tom hanks and and what's her name meg ryan meg ryan <laughs> guys i sacrifice a lot i read a lot but I think I lose memory. I think you might. Like lose my some memory. Yeah, I don't I can't retain anything at all. But I can read I can sing you almost every song from the nineties. That is a superb talent. I know. It's my one talent. It's all I've got. <laughs> so I'm amazing at it. <laughs> so yeah. Um I think it sounds really, really cute. It does sound super um, cute. So yeah, that's the flat share, Beth O'Leary, May twenty eighth. Super fun. Up, up next on my list is also one that it's not come out yet. It's coming out on June 18th. And this is called Summer of 69. And it's by Aileen Hildebrand. The Summer of 69. Okay. Yes. Um, and it looks fun, too. There's like a classic car on the front cover. Again, it sounds like you. Right. So basically, the Levin family, times they are changing. You know, the Bob Dylan quote. It's getting us in the summer of 69. Basically, every year, the children of this family always look forward to going to Nantucket Mm. to stay in their grandparents' historic home in Nantucket and uh, spend the whole summer up there. But basically, this year, everyone's divided up. So the oldest sister, Blair, is stuck in Boston, and she's pregnant with twins, Mm. so she can't travel. The middle sister, Kirby, is a nursing student, but she's caught up in the civil rights protests. So she's going to all these different protests. Uh, The only son, Tiger, is a soldier who was recently deployed to Vietnam. Mm. And then that leaves the little 13-year-old sister, Jessie, who basically feels trapped in the house with her out-of-touch grandmother. And so it's kind of basically about all their stories separately and then past stories of when they were at the summer Mm. of the house together, but how everything basically changes in the summer of 69. Very interesting. It sounds very you. It does sound very me. Mm. Yes, I have a couple of uh, time historic Mm. era pics on mine, but they're still like summer bee trees. Sure. They're just summer's past. (laughs) What a nerd. (laughs) Yeah. It's fine. Okay. My next one. um, Surprising no one, I have my my list structured. I have one for every genre you could possibly think of. So. (laughs) You guys can't see, but I'm rolling my eyes at her really hard. (laughs) So my first one was your rom-com chiclet. My second one is a sci-fi action. 
Now, this one's been out for a while, and it was very popular, but it's The Martian by Andy Weir. This one was, hmm, I'm trying to think. I don't read a lot of, like, your action-y kind of books. It's not my jam, unless you count, like, a fantastical battle, but it's, like, in some fantasy mm-hmm. land. It's not, like, you know, like, could be actually happening mm-hmm. kind of thing. So The Martian came out several years ago. It's uh, about a guy named Mark Watney, and he is on the first trip to Mars. It's He's part of the crew that's going to be the first people on Mars. So they land on Mars. They've been there for a couple of days. They go out for an excursion, check in a bunch of scientific stuff that I don't understand. And when a huge windstorm happens, hits him so hard that it knocks his suit out. So they believe so everyone else is able to get back into the ship during this awful windstorm and it's starting to damage their ship. And so they decide that, well, Mark's dead because they they think he is because the suit's not reporting any vital signs at all. And so they decide, well, we have to we have to leave. It's too dangerous for us to stay. And so they leave him there. On Mars. On Mars. So um, when he comes to, he's like, well, shit. <laughs> like, the first sentence of it is one of my favorite opens, opening sentences of all time. <laughs> and it's just a blatant F, like, F-bomb. First mm-hmm. sentence in. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So he is super sarcastic, really funny. I mean, he figures out how to how to survive. He... Um, He uses what rations they have and really spreads them out. He learns, he figures out a way to grow potatoes there, make water there, all of this stuff. And then eventually he's been there for so long that he's like, I'm going to die if I don't try to figure out a way to get off. And so it's like, it culminates in this, like, is he going to make it back? Like, oh my God, like, oh, it's so good. It was one of those that I was like literally on the edge of my seat, like, ah! I love it That's so funny. much. The movie I thought they cast um, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it didn't show a lot of the stuff in mm-hmm. it, but I think it they did a really good job with the movie. I I enjoyed it. I have seen the movie, and I do love me some Matt Damon. I have mm-hmm. not read the book yet, but I own it. It's at my house on my bookshelf. So, oh, did I make you buy it? I think you did. Okay, we do so, that very often yeah. when we go to the bookstore, like forcing the other one to buy this. Oh yeah, I have a few that I haven't read yet, but I was like, well, Davia made me buy it. Mm-hmm. But there is a book that we'll be talking about in the next episode that you made me buy that I will freaking love now. I know, so I'm very clever. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> So yeah, The Martian, if you haven't read it, spectacular beach read. This one, though, will make you want to ignore all your family, like, and just sit there and just read and <laughs> make sure to, like, put suntan SPF on. Right. you'll get burnt. Because you'll forget what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. That's funny. <laughs> My next one is City of Girls, and this is also one that's not out yet, and it uh, comes out June 4th, and that's by Elizabeth Gilbert. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, this sounds really familiar. Right, but yeah. this is her going back to fiction. Okay. Cool. So, um, basically, it's a love story that's set in the theater world of New York City in the 1940s. Ooh, that sounds fun. But it's told from the perspective of a 95-year-old woman looking back on her life. So, it's very exciting. <laughs> um, in 1940, 19-year-old Vivian is kicked out of Vassar because she's not quite the 
upstanding citizen that they want at that time. So she's sent to Manhattan to live with her aunt because um, her parents are very wealthy, and they're like, yeah, we're just going to send you over here to live with your aunt. And her aunt runs a crumbling midtown theater. Mm. And this is where Vivian meets an entire cosmos of unconventional and charismatic characters. So basically all of the theater world in the 40s, like the charming actors and the showgirls and the stuff like that, and she meets them all. And it's told from the perspective of when she's old, looking back on her life. Mm -hmm. And one of the little taglines that said, there comes a certain point where you stop regretting your life choices, and then you're just free to live. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. That is great. And I love loved Eat, Pray, Love, and so I'm, I haven't read anything else by Elizabeth Gilbert. I haven't read any of her fiction. I have only read one other by her, but it was a, it was a nonfiction, um, mm-hmm. and it was after Eat, Pray, Love. It oh, was cool. after she gets with that guy at the end of Eat, mm-hmm. Pray, Love. It's the book where it talks about them having to get married because he's going to be deported. Oh, wow. Um, and it was like a skeptic's look at marriage or something like that it was really interesting i after i after we got engaged i was like i'm gonna read this book and freak him out (laughs) he was like why are you reading a skeptic's book on marriage you're so so funny funny. um but yes that sounds like everything that i would love Mm -hmm. um and the it's flashy theater world but kind of fun and still a love story so i think it'll be cool you guys aren't able to see but tavia was just having some jazz hands i totally going did have on. jazz hands over here i was like showgirls <laughs> i was doing my, like i was the showgirl i loved it <laughs> i would be the worst showgirl on the planet <laughs> for the record all right my next one is one that i haven't read but i'm really wanting to read this is a backlist of taylor jenkins reed So everyone's freaking out about her after Daisy Jones and the Six. We are as well. And so I've gone through and looked at all of her backlist, all of which I want to read. Mm -hmm. Um, But this one, I think, sounds the most beachy and kind of more Mm -hmm. lighthearted. So this one is After I Do by Taylor Jenkins Reid. So this one is Lauren and Ryan are married. They've been married for a while now, and they've just kind of reached a breaking point where it's either we give up or something's got to give or something. So they decide to come up with this kind of crazy idea that they're going to take a, a break like Ross and Rachel. We were on a break. <laughs> so they're going to take a break for one year and they're not. That's, al- that's an extensive break. It's a very long time. So they decide though that they're not going to speak to each other at all for one year. And so I guess because I'm in a happy marriage, that seems inconceivable. <laughs> like I'm just inconceivable. inconceivable. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, uh, Princess Bride aside, it really does. Like I can't even imagine. Oh no, I know. I can't imagine going a year without speaking to my person. That's crazy. I know. But anyway, so that's what they do. Uh, apparently, this is a book about kind of self discovery. Um, it's from Lauren's perspective, and it kind of follows her like dealing with her family and her family's ideal ideals about marriage and dealing with her own thoughts about what she thought marriage was going to be like, what it actually is, things like that. And I think it sounds really interesting. I, we've talked about this before about how you either hear, you either read books about a couple first getting together or a couple have just broken up. And so I find it interesting that it's a couple kind of in the middle trying to kind of work things out. And so they're attempting to mm-hmm. give this outlandish idea a go. Mm-hmm. And so I think it sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's something that I'm looking forward to. I want to know what ideas they crossed off the list first to arrive at a one-year <laughs> separation. Like, I'm very intrigued by this. Well, maybe I'm going to actually have to read this book now because I need answers. You should. <laughs> read it with me. Um 
Yeah, but I, I kind of wonder that too. Like, so, hmm, a month? No, I think that's too short. They could have gone six months. Like, hmm, I might not miss you then either. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I thought it was really interesting. There's a ton of Taylor Jenkins read that I want that I want to read. Yes, there's a lot of, of her stuff that I want to read too, especially because now that I know that I love her so much, she's going to be on my list. Oh yeah, there's several that I want to read of hers, but um, a couple of them sound a little heavier and a little more kind of like cozy winter vibes, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I think that this uh, this one will be good at the beach or at the pool or, you know, on your on your back porch. Nice. That sounds like fun. I have lots of questions, though. <laughs> I I will have to let you know. Like, it, like, I mean, did you go to counseling and that didn't work? And then you decided on this? Like, I just, I have too many questions. Um, well, we can, we can write Taylor an email of sorts. And uh, maybe she tried this with her husband. Maybe. Mm. I actually know nothing of her as a person. I don't either. Maybe. It is unlike you to like something and not become immediately obsessed by it. So I'm shocked that you don't know I, anything I about I don't her. know how to take that. <laughs> I don't know if that means that I'm crazy or I need you to not make that face. I think the comment stands for itself. <laughs> Anyways, your pick next. Oh, um, after I do was my fiction pick. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I'm all over the place because I refuse to live by your constraints. I didn't ask you to. This is just how I live. (laughs) The next one I have on my list I'm super excited about, um, and that is The Bride Test by Helen Wong, which is the follow-up to The Kiss Quotient. Okay. Super excited about it. It it actually came out May 7th, so super recently. Very excited to pick this up um, because I loved The Kiss Quotient so much. This one is basically one of the characters in The Kiss Quotient. It's going to follow his story. Okay. So it's Kai, and he has no big, important emotions, as he self-describes himself. Mm-hmm. Basically, he's autistic. Okay. Um, and so he feels like he can't feel the important emotions. So since we're in this world of um, Asian parents, mm-hmm. so his mom decides to take matters into her own hands, mm-hmm. and she flies to Vietnam, where they're from, to pick up him a bride. Oh, my. Yes. So this is like a la Crazy Rich Asians. Kind of, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> so Esme lives in Ho Chi Minh City and has always kind of fell out of place. Her family's not super wealthy. Um, they're kind of struggling. So when the opportunity to go to America and meet a potential husband arrives, she can't turn it down. Mm. And then it's like, you know, will they or won't they fall in love? Mm. So it's another take on an autistic love story okay. that follows up characters from the first book there's also steamy sex in it okay. very excited to read this i would love to and i haven't i didn't read the kiss question yet that was good. um I, but i would love to read a book that i enjoyed um because i didn't love the rosie project i know we yeah we talked about that um, it's just uh it just fell f- so flat for me yeah he i don't know what it is maybe i just didn't like him mm-hmm. as horrible as that sounds but i just i wasn't a fan of him as mm-hmm. a person so i couldn't really like root for him or anything right. like that. So and maybe the kiss these question, would be better. The, and and I'm sure this one as well. The characters are so even though they have like flaws, mm-hmm. they're still relatable, wonderful, awesome characters. Cool. Uh, so I'm very excited about reading this one, and I'm really intrigued by the notion of she living. She lives in Vietnam, mm-hmm. and she's like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go see about your husband or see about your son, and and maybe marry him. 
And then, you know, they have chemistry when she gets there. And mm. it's like, do they fall in love or not? Well, speaking of questions, I have loads. Right. <laughs> Especially since this is 2019 and not yeah. 1942. Well, like, so how did the how did his mom find her? Did she just, like, go out into a market and be like, hey, anyone want to marry my son? Did she, like, <laughs> yeah. hold up a sign? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have questions. I do, too. I also have questions about the meddling parents oh my in God. both both books because you know the first book her mom was like i'm gonna hook you up with a husband yeah or i'm gonna need a grandchild why don't you get on that right away yeah no thank you <laughs> right. i'm trying to picture my mom like attempting to match make for me and i'd be like no 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 you know what i think my mom could have done a decent job but would she have picked the husband you have now you know, I think she she loves a lot of aspects of my husband, but there are some things I think she would probably be like she would much prefer that we lived closer to home. Mm. So I think that's one of the big things. Mm. All right, all right, all right. But she loves Daniel. She thinks he's good for me. She does. Well, I love him for you too. <laughs> okay, my next one. I'm going to go a little off track, a little weird. This is a no. You have to follow the script. I'm following my script. I'm going memoir slash travel, but it's going to have my weird take on it. So this one is called Destination Truth, Memoirs of a Monster Hunter by Josh Gates. So this guy, he has had a couple of different uh, TV shows on like sci-fi, and I think now he's on the Discovery Channel. Um, but this one kind of follows how he got onto TV. So it talks about his TV show titled Destination Truth. He has visited, he started out um, just as a traveler. Like he just, he loved to travel. He loved to immerse himself in different, different cultures, different countries, all of that. So somehow he got hooked up with the travel channel or sci-fi. I can't remember. But so they would send him places and he would talk to the locals um, and then investigate different areas where there had been sightings of vampires or Bigfoot was nearby or the yeti was nearby like Gasp. so he um so like because of that he has gone to chernobyl spent the night there um, i'm gonna i'm gonna hard pass on that well like they had the radiation detectors and so if like they were in a certain spot like the radi mm -hmm. radiation would like spike they would mm -hmm. have to leave um but My they were only allowed to be in the area for so many hours. Right. So it was super relic like regulated. My husband made me watch a horror movie set in Chernobyl. Mm -mm. And mm -mm. I can't un see it in my head. So a HBO, I think, has a new show coming out about Chernobyl and like right before it happened and how they got there. Mm -hmm. And oh my God, it looks so cool. It does seem fascinating. And I have several uh, Chernobyl books on my lists of, of stuff that I want to read because it's too. kind of fascinating for me. It is. But him having made me watch that horror movie yeah, no, where you. basically people lived after the radiation and but they like, like turn Ooh. into monsters Ooh. yeah no i'm i'm never going there mm -mm. you can keep that one well you wouldn't be allowed so i think i think you can breathe easy good okay so anyway so josh has uh visited chernobyl he spent the night in king tut's tomb because you know it's it was um why why tempt fate more than once why not just you know screw everything and get all the curses you can <laughs> right because it was cursed and all that so he spent the night in king's, king's one curse tomb. will not do for this man he <laughs> must have them all 
and then um, he went to Malaysia and looked for the Yeti there and ended up getting like a casting of a footprint. It is now at Disneyland. Like just how, how come Disney ended up with it? I don't know, but they have it. Interesting. No, he just he. So he talks about his adventures. He talks about kind of how he got into this stuff. He's a huge history buff, a huge traveler. So like he loves it all. Mm-hmm. There was even um, he talks about in the book how he was at the border. I don't remember what countries he was at, but he was out in Europe. And so, you know, they're smaller countries and he was at the border of one and he just wanted to set foot in over the the line so he could get that passport stamp on another one because he was approaching a hundred countries but um, cult um customs there was freaking out but they were like but why why do you need to come into our country he's like i just want to put my feet in like he so he was like getting hounded by customs there just because he wanted to get a stamp in his passport but yeah he just he gives you like this crazy wanderlust and he just he makes you want to Mm -hmm. go like he makes you just want to pack up and pick a flight and go i would and, love to travel like that my same. bank account has different opinions yeah but my bank account said no right also my fiance is terrified of of flight really yeah um, like himself taking flight or in an airplane you mean obviously in an airplane you said he's terrified of flight <laughs> like oh well, i, I feel mean like i don't he's... feel like he's one day gonna be superman <laughs> and just like <laughs> well he could get like da vinci's like wing things and paraglide i think he would be okay with that because he would be in control mm-hmm. but it's just like i think he's only flown once in his life and he like i, I can't i whatever so our uh and so we were discussing where we were going to honeymoon and he was like, could we could we drive to Mexico? How long would that take? And I was like, mm-mm. Oh, my gosh. Uh, too long for this wife. Like, right? Mm-mm. That's funny. Um, my husband doesn't, he's not scared of flying, but he would much rather drive. Yeah, and I hate road trips. So it's like, I don't know what the hell we're going to do. Right. But anyways, Destination Truth by you Josh You and Hates. I can fly somewhere, and the two of them can drive down together. <laughs> we'll see y'all in a few days. <laughs> Bye. We can get, like, a nice pool spot and have daiquiris by the pool and and be super happy by the time they ever show up you know since they don't fly though that means that you and i could go to that bookstore in scotland that does that airbnb and we could be like sorry you guys just don't fly we have to go alone yes it's happening it's a thing (laughs) okay so destination truth josh gates i really recommend it it's not a big book at all and it's so fascinating so interesting awesome travel book nice Right, I am moving to the Bahamas. Hey, <laughs> to talk about my next book. <laughs> um, um, it's The Golden Hour by Beatrice Williams. It ooh. comes out July 9th. I've not even heard of this. It's super fascinating. I think you might be intrigued by it as well. Okay. Um, basically, it's a dazzling epic of World War II era Nassau. But so basically, in the Bahamas in 1941, newly widowed Leonora Randolph arrives to investigate the newly appointed governor and his wife. So I don't know if you know anything about history, but in 1940, Edward VIII, who abdicated the throne in 1936 to marry divorcee Wallace Simpson, was appointed governor of Nassau. I did not know that. I've watched the, a few episodes of the crown yeah and i know that he's talked about but i yeah. didn't know that's where he yeah went. basically they didn't know what to do with them so they're like go go be the governor of the bahamas because that point it's still a british ter- territory sure. so basically leonora goes down there she's newly widowed and she's doing like an expose on edward the eighth and wallace simpson for a new york society magazine all right so she gets kind of and that's the duke and duchess of windsor so she 
kind of infiltrates their social circle and ends up digging up all kinds of dirt. Oh. So I'm very excited about that because, I, you know, I love all things royal. Yeah. But also 1940s Bahamas. That sounds super interesting. It does. See, I thought I okay. thought you might be intrigued Well, by you it. lost me when you said 1941, but then you got me back. I got I got you back with, mm-hmm. with the royals. Yes. I'm there. I'm in so, it. So, I mean, basically, Edward VIII abdicated and created this big scandal. Mm-hmm. And then they really didn't know what to do with him. Sure. Because technically, he's still a royal. Right. He's just not king anymore. So and he can't be utilized if you're not going to be king. Right. right. And there are suggestions like when the war was getting started, that he had Nazi ties. Oh. So they wanted him far away. Interesting. They did not want him anywhere near Hitler at this point. Sure. So they sent him to the Bahamas to be the governor of the Bahamas for a while. So I think that's pretty cool. Sounds interesting. Yeah. All right. Okay. Next pick is a a thriller, which is weird for me. Thriller. Yeah. I'm going to do the dance. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So this one is called Something in the Water by Catherine Stedman. I think I have seen this one. The cover is like a big wave coming at yeah, you. It's yeah. really cool. Um, is the Something in the Water going to eat you? I don't know. I have no idea what it is. I have not read this one yet. So Aaron and Mark are on their honeymoon. Aaron is a up-and-coming documentary filmmaker. She um, she just finished one. It's a It's become a really big deal, so they're... Going on their their fabulous honeymoon in Bora Bora, which please, <laughs> right? Please take me there. They go scuba diving, and that's when they hear something. And I'm so terrified. I'm never gonna do anything ever. Like I'm never gonna go scuba diving. I'm. It's just I'm gonna live in this <laughs> tiny little bubble of <laughs> zero fun. <laughs> so apparently they hear something or see something, and then nothing will ever be the same. So this kind of is one of those psychological thrillers where one tiny decision can change everything. And I have I have no idea what it's about. I haven't heard any spoilers about it. So I really don't know. But it looks really interesting. It sounds really interesting. And it's it's kind of hooked me. And so, shockingly, I, I will be checking out a thriller at some point soon because right. it just it sounds really cool yeah that does sound really cool though mm-hmm. except terrifying at the same time did you know you remember that um the shark movie meg that came out last year that i didn't see yes it scares me yes i watched it a couple weeks ago it was so good but it's actually based on books i did not know this yes but i can imagine yeah so i I, j- I didn't know until i saw them at work the other day i was like well i'll be damned <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm going to have to read shark books now. Right. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. My husband and stepdaughter went to see that and I gladly bowed out. I was not. It actually wasn't as scary as I was expecting it to be. So if they live in the water that I go into, mm-hmm. I'm not going to see it on purpose. Okay. Like I don't, I didn't need Jaws to terrify me any further about what was already out there. I've always been fascinated by sharks, so... I mean, I'm fascinated by them, but as a, at a safe distance. <laughs> so when Shark Week comes on, do you watch it? No. Oh. One time Shark Week was on the same week that my family was on vacation at the beach. That's just a recipe for disaster. And it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so creepy. I can't deal with it. Um, but yeah, so Something in the Water, Catherine Stedman. It looks really cool. I am hoping to read it soon. Nice. And I will tell Tavia all the details so she'll be terrified. I'm, yeah, I'm probably never going to read that. <laughs> but you know what? That's okay. It's not my cup of tea. I'm sure it's someone else's. Absolutely. 
Okay, my last one that I'm going to talk about is Save Me the Plums, my gourmet memoir. And that actually came out on April 2nd, so it's not too old either. And that was by Ru- by Ruth Reichel, right? I think. Rachel? I'm sorry, yeah. Miss, Miss Ruth. I do not pr- possess the expertise to pronounce your last name. <laughs> However, I'm very intrigued by this because there are several of her books I haven't read yet, but I really want to read. She sounds fascinating. Right. But I think I want to read this first okay. and then dive into her fiction works. Basically. Wait, no, she hasn't written any fiction. So they're all nonfiction? Yeah. Like Garlic and Sapphires is nonfiction? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Garlic and Sapphires is when she was working for the New Yorker or the New York Times, and she was a food critic, but restaurant people started to know what she looked like, so she would have to go in costume. Like I did not know that. I thought yeah. it was made up. No, that's her. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so the Save Me the Plums is about how she went to Gourmet Magazine, mm-hmm. and this is after she was a food critic. Oh, Okay. See, I'm, I'm backwards. But basically, it's the story of, of Ruth. She, a self-confessed former Berkeley hippie who's offered a top position at Condé Nast. And it's basically the, the journey of her leaving, like, the I'm a, I'm a writer mm-hmm. world and becoming a corporate person and trying not to lose herself in that. Mm-hmm. And it's also at the same time when the, like, the farm-to-table movement mm. is starting. So it's when basically the way we eat today has been changed by the yeah. farm-to-table movement. And it's it's a personal journey. This is what the little blurb says. A personal journey of a woman coming to terms with being in charge and making a mark, following her passion, and holding on to her dreams. Beautifully said. So I'm very excited about it. I want to read. I did not. This changes everything. I wanted. <laughs> I want to read her other stuff like Garlic and Sapphire. We've talked about that before. And I didn't, I thought it was fiction. No. I'm super pumped now. Maybe I have more of her to read this summer. Hey, yo. Okay. My next and final one is going to be pop culture. I'm going to talk about I'll Be There For You, the one about friends. Oh. And this is by Kelsey Miller. So just to let you guys know, Tavia and I are some big old friends nerds. Like we've seen... Every single episode, dozens of times, I own a Friends Seen It game, and we have competed, and it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I'm a big old Friends nerd, like my fiancé is, so we're going to have some Friends stuff at our wedding. Like, huge nerds. So this one, when I saw this had come out, I kind of lost my mind a little bit. Mm -hmm. Went on the library hold list immediately. Like, so cool. So this really is like a deep dive into the history of the show, like how it was made, how how it was cast, what the cast were doing before they were um, before they they were found, um, super interesting. It it also discusses like all the different influences that Friends had on culture, on people's hair, on coffee shops, like all of this stuff. Like it's, the Rachel, yeah. Like I had the Rachel. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, that's amazing. Um, she said it was like the most was the difficult haircut because she couldn't do it by herself, like style it by it herself. It was very difficult to upkeep, like mm-hmm. awful. Like I had, I think I was thirteen and I had to learn how to use a, a curling iron. Oh wow! And I, because I, I didn't care about my hair, but I thought the hair was so pretty that I had to get the cut. And then that's I was like, funny. oh, I don't never want to do it again. <laughs> That's um, funny. And then it talks about like how like they really started the Friendsgiving movement. Um, yes, I love Friendsgiving. I do too. I think it's so much fun. We also do Friendsmas. 
yes, we do do Friendsmas. I love it. <laughs> and then it talks about the different high-profile guests that were on it, people that you, like, are huge now, but you huge. didn't know them I know. Then. Like, when I rewatched the series not it's too long so ago, cool. you see these people, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it was such a big deal. And so definitely an awesome, immersive deep dive into the whole realm of Friends. Like, And I thought I wouldn't find anything new because I've, I've mm-hmm. read so much about it. But, no, there were actually some interesting things in there, like Courtney Cox was the very first woman ever to use the word period on national television because oh, she wow. was in a tampon commercial. That's so funny. Right. Like I had no idea. And so like little mm-hmm. tidbits like that were super interesting to me because yeah. I'm, I'm just a, obviously I'm a nerd. I'm doing Absolutely. a book podcast, but <laughs> right. Well, I mean, what I said a minute ago about you becoming obsessed with something was not a lie. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. If I really love something like I'm, I'm you know, honestly, know I do that too. Yeah. Good times. The only way to be is obsessed. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> But yeah, that is all of our summer reads that we are looking forward to. Let us know what you guys are wanting to read this summer. Let us know if there's something we need to read. I would love to hear it. So, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.